If you haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about, the show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity, the audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure, the sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show! Uh, we're Adventure Summits, the airwaves. This is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, R. Brandon Long. I'm going to with you for the next about 40 minutes. Across from me in Banyan 1 is the greatest co-host in all the land. Todd of the top. Todders, how are you this week? Happy holidays, sir. Uh, yes, we have a, um, a fitting show. Just for to, We're closing it out. 2019, Merry Christmas. Get the out of here right that's what it is all right is i that got the a name of it I like that. <laughs> get that out of here i got a lozenger in because you know it's that season two apparently the sickness everybody's got something sickness is going around uh spent, and yes, cough drops really sound good when you're on the air they sound <laughs> yeah it's so annoying it's a little clicking Sorry, it's, no, it's a nice little clicking noise I okay like oh, boy. uh yeah we're hanging out here banding one inside the monarch building uh in the middle of the Ogden City Nine Rails Arts District in the heart of the Nine Rails Arts District. This week we have uh, our guest who's on his way here, J.T. Robinson, Guide for Vertical Integration. We had him on a couple years ago, I think. Give you some on the docket, what is going on, a new on the radar, but it's a repeat from a couple, two, three times here in a row, years so in a row. So it's still on the radar. Yeah, we just haven't mentioned it this year. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we'll, have, we'll give you something worth listening. I uh, haven't done that for a few Something worth watching, worth reading, a Gear 30 segment, including, uh, that's the gross, like, oh my gosh, really sorry about that. It's a trade-off. Uh, Thule's uh, Ski Roof Box, there's a, okay, Innovation Award finalists, also in the news, Snow Report, Snow Basin Uphill Policy, PC Avalanche Death, Family uh, Deal, Keep Zion National Park Trail Access, a Van Live segment wedged between two buildings. Jack Wolf is moving nearby. Wolf Pups, uh, hit by a car. Pilot canyoneering permit system and the world's deadliest sport. Also, we'll give you a brand that you can maybe purchase with your bucks. With your Banyan bucks, Totters. Um, I'll give you a brand. It's up for sale. You can okay, throw, throw, make an offer. Make an offer. Uh, quote of the week, Outdoor Two Bucks. All of this and more on Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show episode 346. Put a bow on it. Let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat, flashes routes faster than UPS, is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. I feel like the burning question that everybody wants to know is, what is Todd at the top asking for for Christmas? Uh, socks. Oh, yeah. So- practical. Gifts, practical gifts. Yes. Um, I could I could use socks. Well, you know how important socks are. Yeah. Like good socks. Yeah. Sometimes it just adds up, and you're like, I need new socks. I put a pair like of not fox. Just a pair. Like I need I need socks. a good pair. So a good pair of wool socks will last ten years uh, if you treat them right. So. I have a pair of Fox River. I was put them, putting them on the other day, and I this the thought went through my mind. These have got to be 10 years old. I'm fortunate. I have enough socks that I can wear like one a day, do the wash, wash them cold, 
hang dry your wool socks. And I've got enough darn tough, Lorpen, Fox River, I, mostly darn tough, Brant, I have some uh, icebreaker socks that I have a collection that I can wear one a day for a week, wash them cold, hang dry, repeat. Those socks will last 10 years. What are they, like 18, 20 bucks maybe? They will last 10 years. Easy. Yeah. And that and, the, and that's the exact reason why I need, I need some new ones. And they're comfortable and warm. Uh, Which ones do you like? What, what length I'm do you a, like of those? Oh, the darn tough hikers that are like. They're kind of good all year round. Yeah. I wore them the most, yeah, for sure. I, I like some some shorter socks a little bit sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah, you do. You like are a short sock fan. Nice yeah, they, yeah, and they make all lengths, of course, these days. But yeah. In wool. This time of the year, for the, it's usually boots. Yeah, well, I, right. I like boot length ones. So. Uh, our weekly happy is that it's Christmas time, and if you ain't happy, then you um, F and cheer should up. F and cheer up. <laughs> Let's dive into On the Docket as we wait for our guest, JT, to get here. On the Docket tomorrow is the last cup hop. Last one for... The Nature Center at Coffee Leaks, uh, 7.30 to 10 a.m. Is that right? What's the date today? Today the 19th? Yeah, tomorrow's the 20th. So, so it is tomorrow. Cup Hop Coffee Leaks, 9.30 to 10 a.m. is the last one. Or Are you working tomorrow? I, I'm supposed Maybe to. Maybe we'll swing over there if I you're I was thinking about or? going snowboarding, actually. Well, that sounds good. I'm going um, to uh, see Star Wars with my sister tomorrow afternoon, right in the middle of the afternoon. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read anything? Or have you got any spoilers? Uh, mediocre reviews. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is what happened. You try to please the but fans. Re- Return of the, the Jedi critics, was yeah. the least... Uh, here's JT. JT, come on in, man. Take a seat next to Todd. Return of the Jedi was the lowest rated of the first three. You know, it was the, it was it closed out the series, but Empire was the highest rated, Star Wars the second highest, and Jedi was now the, as it stands right now. It's the, the only one that's gotten worse reviews is the first Phantom Menace episode one of those prequels, right? That weren't particularly right great for some, but I'm still looking forward to it, and it and it wraps up this trilogy. So you say this? Tri- are we expecting a, a, another trilogy down the mm, line this at is some probably point? Probably for now, but oh yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know if they're gonna. Go trilogies or just individual little movies. But whatever so, they do, the Star Wars aren't done. So, and of course, I'm watching The Mandalorian, and my kids don't know this. because I'm they, too behind. I still need to see Are you really? And five and, is, oh, Seven five. released like today, yeah, right? Yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, okay. or something like that. They, they went back to back with Six and mm-hmm. Seven. You didn't know you were joining like a uh, Geek, nerd, show. Geek Show, yeah. Nerd Show yeah. podcast, right, JT? Uh, you down? So I'm, I'm getting caught up on, uh, or I am caught up on Mandalorian, but I heard there's, after Mandalorian, there's a... Uh, uh oh gosh original jedi obi-wan, o- obi-wan. yep yep series that'll probably be a little ways off maybe like a late summer or something because i think that's being filmed now but okay. ewan mcgregor so he'll be it's that age from those prequels interesting yeah. okay and i love ewan mcgregor so that should be great um i'm excited but not really this is the least, least excited i've been about a star wars coming out just so you know yeah i'll be excited for you uh, so thanks. So that's are you going tomorrow or mm-hmm. Saturday? Tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Right. I like to go to those big IMAX. Don't tell me about it. Um, Saturday the twenty first. Every, everybody dies. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody dies. dies. The droids first, like all your favorite ones. There's gone. these th- new things you may not know. They're called Ewoks. Uh, they they show bring up, them back. They bring them and back. And then they kill them all. <laughs> yep. Everybody dies. Everybody all, dies. all the universes. Yep. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, it's. Can you believe we are halfway through winter? No. Yeah. The winter solstice, in other words, the shortest day of the year is Saturday. Well, that is on Saturday because they're yeah. doing that. 
Halfway. Th- so Solstice there's a celebration sculpture. at the High Adventure Park. If you haven't been out there, it's really fun. So go from noon to one, and this is on a Saturday, so everybody can go. So it just happens to be the Saturday before Christmas, which everyone's probably shopping. But don't shop. Go celebrate the winter solstice. Uh, there is a sculpture. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a local artist, but actually I'm not positive on that. But it's a it's a big deal. Like it's a, it's a nice snowflake and this, sculpture. Yeah, it's really cool. The sun hits a certain point. The shadow reflects on a rock. And it shows like the way the river patterns run through Ogden and six more weeks of winter. Uh, <laughs> no different one, but it does show up a shadow. Really close, yeah, really close. Yeah, as long as it's not cloudy. If it's cloudy Saturday, keep shopping. You're not going to see anything. Yeah. But yeah. last year, or the year before, I think it was last year, the you know the the clouds parted for that moment. And then Four winter solstice. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Cloudy, cloudy, cloudy. Sun, but it's a cloudy, neat cloudy. effect. It's a it's it's a time specific sculpture. So it, it shines this uh, shape. Is it the winter birds or yeah, does it reflect birds, sort of birds, birds on a rock or something? Know, whatever it is. What yeah. it is. It's cool looking. And there's donuts and coffee and hot chocolate. High Adventure Park right there by Gear 30, right around the corner. on uh, Back behind Do some shopping. Washington. Yeah. Check out the sculpture. Partly Christmas cloudy. Eve. What's that? Partly cloudy for Saturday. Partly cloudy for Saturday. That means it may break. Yeah, right around there. Thanks, JT. Uh, Christmas Eve celebration. If you're looking for a way to celebrate Snow Basin, always has a bang-up show. On Christmas Eve, Santa Claus is there. Last-minute preparations at Snow Basin. Fireworks, food, skiing, go hang out. Probably live music. 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, Beacon- Thanks for bringing that back, Bang Up. I don't hear that nearly You're welcome. Yeah. Because <laughs> they do. They put together a Bang Up show. A Bang Up show, yeah. You might have to explain to people what that means. <laughs> like, it, there's no like guns it. actually involved nope, or nope, anything. Nope. There's no weapons. Uh, it's a top-notch show. Top-notch, it's a, it's yeah. Bang Up. Good show. Bang up show. Uh, Beacon Refresher Course at Powder Mountain on the Sundown Lift on the 28th. Also, the 2020 International Fly Fishing Festival IF4 premiere at Paris Egyptian Theater. Bad timing because I think I invented you, invited you on a calendar invite, Todd, and it's freaking first Friday. So we've got van sessions and all those things going yeah, on, but work. we're not going to make it. Anyway, you should go. There's a note before you go at Utah Brewing on January 7th. Uh, no better place to learn about avalanche awareness than at a brewery. So go hit that up, 6 p.m. It's a perfect pairing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Avalanche Awareness Lecture Series at Roosters Beast Reading in back-to-back brewery places. Well, uh, that's January 9th. This is a new one, Antelope Island Sunset Moonrise Hike. So cruise out to Antelope Island, 5 p.m. on January 10th. Watch the sun go down. Watch the full moon rise while you're hiking on the island. Not a long hike, not a hard hike, but a fun hike. The wind set? January 10th. So it'll be warm. Super warm. It'll be real warm. Yeah. Evening. It's usually really hot on January 10th. I say short sleeve shorts. It. Yep. Flip flops. Dress appropriately. <laughs> Nothing but chacos. <laughs> Bring your chacos. Uh, Moonlight Glide at Ogden Nordic is on January 11th. Also the fourth annual Lady Wild Film Fest. Uh, there's an Airy Rec Level 1 and 2. Of course, if you're looking for a way to get your Abbey, which... Um, JT just came back from a level two course. I or observed a level two. You and observed a level, a level two one. and a level one. Yeah. Wow. So Airy Rec level one, two courses are offered through Weber State Outdoor Program, January 17th through the 19th. Check out Weber's uh, Weber Outdoor Program website for more information. Okay, on the radar, in the radar, back for 2020. July. 18th is the El Dose 12-hour mountain bike race up at Powder Mountain. Now, is that a weather specific or was that weathered out last year? Wasn't there crappy weather last mm, year? Maybe, maybe because it's in the mountains, but I think it's rain or shine. Rain or shine, okay. I'm pretty sure it's rain or shine. 
All right, welcome to the program, JT Robinson Guide for uh, Multiple. So Whisper Ridge, Weaver State University Outdoor Program, uh, was a guide for Bearhouse Mountain Guiding until they had to shut down. Also runs his own full-service guide operation, Vertical Integration, um, ex-professional telemark skier. I don't think I ever... So we had you on the program before, but I don't remember asking how you, you did the transition. How did you go from pro skier to guide? Well, steps and was there a book you go like order on amazon like how do i go from being a skier to a guide it was uh it was a little less scripted but a little <laughs> yeah doing the whole pro ski thing you know you have limited time so you're always kind of looking where's this gonna go what's the next move yeah so unless you're kind of glenn plake who's 60 50 whatever right and still pro but <laughs> yeah my mom only... is not nearly as glorious <laughs> So a uh, guide for all the local uh, places around here and uh, setting up to be uh, a busy and good week. You were out yesterday. Where'd you go yesterday? Uh, I was out on uh, North Fork area yesterday. North Fork area with friends? Yeah. yeah, yeah doing some river crossings, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still early, man. Yeah. Even though I guess it's halfway through winter, apparently, it's still early out well, there. Well, it's early for the backcountry season. Yeah. Halfway through the the moon cycle season or whatever but yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um so uh backcountry ski guiding um who, so you're guiding with three different operations how's that working how are you keeping it all organized yeah i mean so i have inspired summit in the western uintas out of park city That's too right. I forgot about inspired. so i kind of have the whole northern wasatch gamut um, inspired summit has the cottonwood canyons as well as the western uintas and then through weaver state we've got the ogden forest service and then just starting this year with Whisper Ridge, which has a bunch of their own private land. So yeah, pretty much got it covered. So if someone wants to hire you for a guy, first of all, go to Vertical Integration website, most likely. Right, right yeah. So the, my VI business is kind of a, like Vertical Integration is a business term that literally says like grab more of your inputs and outputs and take control or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I do a bunch of photo content with... Uh, with that company and then also the full service part which is like all the extras so these guide shops i work for personally and then uh through vi I do like hey stay in this lodge and eat at these restaurants i'll pick you up from the airport kind of stuff like that which is i call it more the hosting side of the world but then i've got the photo content stuff in the telemark world that kind of helps do all that too so i supply a bunch of social medias for the telemark world and keep them up to date with my photos and then an agency for a bunch of other photographers too and um their pipeline to the telemark existence which is pretty niche but that's well well so we just met a guy here in north ogden um who it's a very similar position as far as workload goes only for the bowling industry <laughs> you know yes. like that's appropriate bowling and telemark have a lot yeah 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 a lot in common um so but as far as getting the content from multiple d distribution outlets and then you know providing that information he actually does live um on-site uh, broadcasts of bowling tournaments and stuff but but gaining that content is a completely separate focus from guiding. Like oh, yeah. You can't gain content necessarily, or you probably shouldn't be thinking of that first when you're guiding. No, I don't do the I don't do it on the same days. So like you don't guide every single day. And in days I have in between, I'll go out and shoot, but that's where the agency part comes in handy. I've got all these photographer friends of mine from my old days that when I was a pro that are still doing it, telemark skiing images aren't as 
popular as they used to be to get sold, I guess. So they're like looking for different pipelines to, if they shoot Telemark's gears, they kind of usually just come to me because I've got a pipeline for them. Is it, is it resurging at all? Yeah. It's Telemark in general ha- has gone up for years and years. So like there was the whole, and that goes back to the history stuff, right? Yeah. In the late nineties, early two thousands, Alpine touring comes to town and uh, it's not just clunky junky stuff anymore it's like dialed stuff and so if you didn't love the telemark turn and you were a back backcountry skier which is how you used to it was the only way yeah, originally it used to be yeah. the only way you would get in the backcountry is on telemark skis but then at comes and if you don't love the telemark turn you're like well of course i'm gonna do this at thing the gear's good and i don't have to make telemark turns because they're really hard cool let's do that and so a lot of people switched over to at and then we had we call it like it was like oh six oh seven ish somewhere in that world and uh, a lot of telemark numbers dropped off which at the time they were all growing a lot because backcountry was growing so yeah. telemark was growing through the backcountry and this whole like double revolution thing was going on and uh, a lot of these telemark companies got pretty big and then got bought by like alpine ski companies or larger corporations and then the numbers hit the skids and uh, they get spun off or shut down or they just cut budgets for them to the point where they can barely operate and a lot of those then when as a pro, that's up. a little disturbing. Oh, yeah. It's classic. A friend of mine, Josh Madsen, and I were both in that pro world at the time, and we joked about how we presided over the, the, downfall. the downfall of Telemark. <laughs> but really, Congrats was, on that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really oh, just a uh, coincidence, it seems. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then so then it kind of like hit bottom, if you will. Like you're down to just people who love Telemark turns. And so then it was like, okay, how many of us are there really out there? It's like SIA has their uh, demographic numbers, and I was working at Telemark Skier Magazine at the time with Josh, and so we were trying to figure it out for ourselves. Like even like, is the SIA, because they have like a whole formula and stuff, and there were changes. We're like, are those numbers legit, or are we? where are we at? Yeah. So we went out and hunted too, and trying to figure out how many Telemark Skiers there really are. And it turns out there's still quite a few of them, enough to have a viable, profitable market for companies. And so you've seen all these smaller companies now fill the vacuum that was left when those bigger ones got bought and then they shut down when the numbers came down and now they're like a few strong smaller companies that are actually doing pretty good and i could see it because of the it's like an odd cycle but because of the popularity now of um, backcountry skiing and how good the tech bindings are and everything now i'm wondering if it's like okay now i want a challenge Right. Well, there's that. Yeah. There's like a couple different reasons we found that people switch. There's like the classic, like, I want a new challenge. I'm a little bored, like smaller hills in the Midwest and the East. Sometimes we get a lot of, we see a lot of that. And then there's like dad was a telemark skier. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, I'm kind of like a, I don't want to say artsy or whatever, like kind of kid who like sees this turn and thinks it's really cool. Cause all the, different Oh, it's beautiful on the do. mountain. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of that move too. I mean, like, when you're in bounds and you see someone Italian through the moguls, it's like, well, you stop. I stop right. to watch like, yeah. this is good. This is interesting. Like how it's yeah. a skill. That's what we'd like to say too, with our friends that are like telemark skiers is like, if you're a good telemark skier, just go ski. And people, when they see someone do it well, they're like, Oh, that looks kind of cool. I want to yeah. try that. Because it's all now, it's all about style and different ways to use the telemark turn and be forward and back and drag hands and like all these different turn positions and stuff. And that's kind of attractive to a kid like that who's like, maybe he's a little quirky, maybe he's a little artsy or whatever. But he, but he sees all that style and he's like, that looks like something I Can want you to telemark do. in the park? 
Oh yeah, people do it. I never really? did. I never skied park really at all. But yeah, that was the timing from leaving the Midwest to coming to Snow Basin that didn't have a park for a long time. And I just missed that whole prime age where you would like be a park skier and like be able to take the beating it takes to sure, ski sure, in the yeah. park. It's, hard, it's it. harder to start when you get old. You want to start that yeah. when you're like 13. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there's a there's a handful of telemark skiers that do it really well, which is pretty cool when you see that because they do telemark specific things, you know, like they're moonwalking on boxes. Oh, and wow. Like raising that's cool. their heels. Yeah. Like doing grabs certain ways to like pull that ski back and that kind of makes it their own thing. So you're providing content for that world now yeah so that's part of the vi thing is uh and i when when i was a pro i started vi with a bunch of athletes and it was like this whole concept of there's telemark ski movie companies and publications at the time and they need content and we're athletes and we need to get our stuff published so we kind of banded together and bought our own equipment started doing our own shooting we had a photographer join our group and so we started making content even back in those days and was like which was when oh god that would have been like the late 2010 11 12 13 ish yeah, so you're, I did it for almost you're right on the years. cusp of like you that of right you know right as social media starting to take off and yep. you're yeah and that was the big thing for me now is i'm not the greatest photographer in the world there's a lot of the guys that are better shooters than i am but i'm networked and all that stuff and i know all these people and telemark is super niche and so when social media came around this so we did it with movies and magazines before and then social media comes around and it was like not only do they need pictures they need lots yeah. lots of yeah. pictures because they oh, yeah. gotta post one two three times a oh, day content's a thing and content is just yep. huge so it was like a need for an incredible amount of photos and it doesn't have to be quite as like magazine print quality you're out there and you've got a camera totally yeah yeah and so i was ahead of the game doing yeah. a lot <laughs> i stopped doing a lot of less movie stuff and doing a lot more picture stuff to keep that world supplied because it was just this circulating demand which if you're as i'm sure you guys know you're running a business you got bills every month yes so we do that's helpful for me personally getting that monthly thing and have that churning and then uh, the guiding stuff as i started to grow that and that's starting to take over more now so i'm like not doing as many photo clients anymore either it's just the the ones that are really good now i've kind of started to hone it down and dial in the ones that are easy to work with i have skiers available that are on those brands and stuff and it uh now do you guide um i don't know how to i don't know like i don't know how to phrase it like uh your recreational skier or do you only take like you know professional levels no i do i do both like so with that whole network with the pro world i would Uh try to set up some like pro team trips or things like that with guys that are doing that stuff and that's good for media because it gets you out there and stuff like that but I'm a classic ski guide from general public sense, like go out, just take you to cool places for the day or even like some little like coach up type situations where you're like, hey, this is where I'm at in my skill set. I'd like to get better at X, Y, Z, meet them where they're at and so help you them probably get better. Base level have to know how to ski. Oh, yeah. Before we hire you. Yeah. The qualifying <laughs> questions are kind of everything like <laughs> what are what gear are you on? Where do you like to ski? Uh, what kinds of terrain do you ski often? Where have you gone before? And they start name dropping different stuff and you start to get a picture about where their level so is. So not at. an instructor, a guide. Yeah. Well, and gu- I mean, to a certain degree, guiding is always instructing, sure. but it's based just in more experience guiding stuff. So like going, have an experience for the day, but I'm, I do, uh, now with the Weber State job, that's why I've been running around doing the Avalanche Level One Two stuff. Is I'm becoming an Avalanche instructor with them, 
I'm teaching a backcountry course um, with the university. So and so that's kind of becoming all part of it too. So you've hit all the qualifications, right? For you, like a client has, kind of take us through a day, like a, like mm. a good day. Yeah. So uh, from from the very beginning to the end of the day. Yeah. JT calls you at four a.m. You up? Yeah. You up? <laughs> right. I like to start early, but you know, it's whatever for whoever wants to do the have the experience for the day. But yeah, we'll start in the morning, get together. I'll typically have been up much longer than that, but getting ready for the day and looking at all the different options and conditions and stuff. But usually have some sort of a plan going into it. Then we meet up in the morning, start going through gear and stuff like that. And that's all part of the qualifying part too, is that morning ritual, right? Like when they show up, do how do they have their gear packaged up and what do they have with them and how do they wear it? Do they look comfortable? Like things like that, you know? So, Or do they just look good? I just yeah. bought these crampons for Everest. Right. Let's see if they work. Yeah, they're pulling stuff yeah. out of the box and then, yeah. Like, yeah, cool, <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> but, Taking yeah. pictures the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But that's all part of it. You start to just right. set people up. It's a lot of body language. I know I've heard stories too. of people, like, legit haven't put crampons on, but they're at Everest Base Camp trying to figure out how to put their crampons on. Like, but you as a guide can notice, like, I don't think he's used that beacon before. Totally. Yeah. And that's all, you know, we're reading it the whole way in from the first conversation, starting to figure out where people are at and what they're into and what they want to get out of the day. Because not everybody, I mean, a lot of people want to say they want to go for the big, huge stuff, but most of the time it's like, let's ski some blue square, black diamond powder, sure. trees nearby the huge stuff. Because most days you're out there, that stuff isn't exactly where you're going to be. It's not a good case in point when you're going for Well, and you're not stuff. heli dropping in. Day. If you're backcountry ski touring, half the fun is the climb. Right. So. Yeah, you have to be willing to have that experience if you're going straight human power. I've got snowmobile access through inspired summit and uh human power through weaver and through inspired and then whisper ridge is cats and helis which whisper ridge is gonna be brand new for me this year so i don't know what to quite to expect up there yet <laughs> fun yeah it yeah. looks great from what i've seen it looks great the maps look cool the guys all seem nice and the people that work there seem rad so far but orientation still coming up but we'll see how it all rolls out i feel like yeah. i've got a lot of irons in the fire and i'm kind of like feeling out what's really going to bear the the best fruit for me to keep doing it so following up when you meet your client at the trailhead or how does that yeah work? it depends on the deal right so if they are like vi full service and i've taken care of all this different stuff i'll pick them up where they're at i'll drive them to the trailhead i'll switch hats from my weaver state university hat and vi hat between the two and all right i'm your guide for the day and then i partner with those companies as well so that that's the guiding part then, right? I work for Weber State as a mm -hmm. guide or I work for Inspired or Whisper Ridge as the guide, as well as I have this like side full service thing where it's mm -hmm. like book you lodging and all of that. So if it's just someone who's in town and calls me up as a guide, it's just like, okay, meet me here. We'll start from there. Do and you then, bring food? Or you, like how does the I always have them full bring, service yeah, is this? I always have them bring their own lunch most places. I mean, I don't know about Whisper's program just yet, but uh, most of the time you're bringing your own lunch kind of thing and I always have fun stuff to share, like chocolate and candy and hot Rum, drinks and whiskey. stuff. But no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, that's oh, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, what's the state of of backcountry skiing? And we've got this news article: this guy died um, in an avalanche in Park City, ducking a rope. What What's the state of backcountry skiing right now? Busier out there? Um, or you know, sh why should we hire? Why should someone hire a guide? Well, that's classic kind of. You get into ethics and stuff with the backcountry community when you start talking about stuff like that. But, like, it's just become more popular in general. 
and uh, the really good gears made it more accessible for a lot of people. So there's a lot more people out there now. And uh, it's one of those things is like, do you, as a guide, you take people out to places they want to have a good experience, and maybe sometimes you push a little further out into lesser-known areas or whatever, and then there's locals out there, and they're like, oh, you're showing these people where to go. And I totally get that. And then there's the other side is like, well, they're going to come. They're coming. They're already coming. Should we show them how to do these things the way that the community, the backcountry world wants them to do it, like help help them figure it out so they ski they choose good up tracks. They ski good lines. They do it the right way. They know how to use their equipment. Like if you hire a guide, a lot of that stuff can be part of what you're doing. Like you're talking through that stuff while you're doing it too. Like you're going up our route. You got a lot of time to talk when you're skinning up. So you're talking people up, telling them like, this is why we're going this way because the route looks like this and avalanche potential for that and all that kind of stuff. And so that's all part of it. Um, the current state of the backcountry now is it's busy or busier than it has been in the past and yep. so getting around is uh maybe even a little bit riskier because you got so many more people above and below and all around and right, stuff like right. that and now in the current snowpack situation down you mentioned that guy down in um the, near the canyons salt lake is a much higher mountain range than the ogden range and so they've got more, we'll call it basal facets, or like a persi- persistent weak layer this year. It's this October snow that's been sitting at the ground for super long. In basic terms, it got rotten like sugar, and now we put all this new snow on top of it. And they've had like 20-ish, 30-ish centimeters of it, but probably not quite 30, but in varying different areas, a lot of it around, they're up higher, north, north through northeast up there. And uh, it's been a big problem that they've been dealing with all season so far. And then in Ogden, we're like literally 2,000 feet lower in general on our mountain range. So we have some of that in the highest north faces, but it was a lot less, and it seems to be rounding out or bonding better than the Salt Lake scenario. So we haven't had as much of that stuff showing up, if really at all, down here, which has been nice for me because I tend to stay around the Ogden area more often than not. And so it's a little better up here, um, but we'll see how that keeps playing out. There's a new little gravel layer that's becoming a thing, but that's always the case, right? Like, that's, yeah, welcome to backcountry. Yeah, we're going through that all winter. Uh, you were friends with Geiger. Um, I was. Yeah, he's one of my best buddies. I uh, When I first came to Utah when I was 18, I got a job. It used to be called Winger's Diner up by the university. Oh, yeah, yeah. got a job washing dishes, and uh, he comes he was waiting tables there, and I was like brand new from Wisconsin. I had no idea really. And, who, the, and tell, I tell everyone who we're, we're talking about here. Oh yeah, so was, I never knew him. So. Yeah, okay. So his name's Ben Geiger. He's a local boy. He grew up in the Uinta, South Ogden, went to Bonneville High, and uh, he was one of those classic like knows everybody kind of dudes. And then when I came, I became friends with him when I was eighteen at this dishwashing gig. I was telling him chimes over the top of the dish pit wall and he's like so you're a skier or what and I'm like <laughs> yeah yeah that's why I came here and he's like right on you're coming out with me and Porter tomorrow and we're gonna go ski at Snow Basin like, oh all right cool so me and a buddy went out with him and then 20 years later we basically skied together every day ever since and uh the reason you're bringing up Ben is so last not this summer but the summer before last he had like a freak heart attack while he was laying stone he's a stonemason and uh died on the job and it was like 
it was like a rattler for all of us because like he was super fit dude super strong it's kind of one of those stories you hear like those kind of things just happen but and uh so that kind of shook up our whole world especially mine and like last winter was the first winter skiing where he wasn't around and it was like whoa like it was it it was tough especially that was like that first day back at snow basin because that was kind of where him and i came up for like 20 years i come rolling up for the first time in the season and it was pretty heavy but it was cool because like I, I as soon as i walked up i started seeing old ski friends and stuff and big hugs and everybody's kind of feeling the same way and so it was uh it was well that's a fraternity things. yeah yeah totally it's one of those things like you, you can't go around what you got to go through and yeah you just get through it and then so I, I mean it was a tough year I did a lot of like it's not the best thing to do but a lot of solo backcountry skiing last year to kind of work through it all and figure it all out but it's all coming back around now this year I'm getting more because Ben and I kind of like stuck together and oh, a lot of over the years friends would come and go and but him and I always did a lot of backcountry skiing together and went after a lot of cool things and had a lot of good stories and kind of kept to ourselves as a result i didn't have like a whole lot of other touring partners around here yeah you got your guy yeah yep. it was like me and him we're good we're going all right see you later right. see people along the way we're all friends it's fun but uh we kind of stuck together and now that then last year i was like okay i'm doing a lot of solo i need to if i want to start doing bigger cooler stuff again i gotta find some new partners so i started reaching out more and trying to get out with some more people and the community's been really cool like i'm starting to like meet all these people that I was I would see them and all this stuff but we really wouldn't ski together that much because they were going their way I was going my way with Benny and we all just kind of like high five where are you going to be over you're over there cool keep an eye out for you there and we're going to be over there see you at the see you at the parking lot kind of thing but now this year like getting out and actually skiing with a lot more of these people has been a lot of fun to like branch out and network a little bit more and yeah get all the i'm calling it the relational dynamics <laughs> who's friends with who and who's sure. not friends oh, with yeah. who and that's in no every idea. every group and it's yeah. good to figure that out yeah yeah oh yeah it's been uh really informative and a lot of, and they've all been super cool to me to like bring me into the fold and a lot of them knew benny too because like i said he was that dude who grew up here who knew everybody and so me being like the kind of the quiet one that was always with ben like they're like okay dude like you can come hang out with us too and so yeah it's been so do you ski so do you ski? Right, you go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even have a choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, there yeah. was no choice. And we showed up and, like, it was straight into, like, okay, can, now let's find out if you can ski. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The test begins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, this kid said he could ski. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, Wisconsin. Come yeah. on. Yeah, let's show you a real mountain. Exactly. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Very cool. How do we follow you, JT, on social? Where you at? So on Instagram, I'm um, period or uh, J period T period underscore Robinson. Pretty simple. Facebook, JT Robinson. Yeah. Same thing. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, uh, you can stick around the rest of the show. We got like yeah, 20, 15, out. 20 minutes. Yeah. We'll cover some news. And uh, again, if you'd like to if you know someone or if you yourself would like to book a, a guiding trip uh, through JT, um, vertical integration is probably the best place. Yeah, okay. vertical integration, I have jtrobinson.com. And so I kind of go through both of those. Sweet. I got a snow report for everybody here. Uh, not much in the last 24 hours. Nothing on Alta Beaver, Brianhead, uh, Bright. Nobody's showing anything new. So um, Powder Mountain sitting with the 48 inch base, Snow Basin with the 54. And no one has new snow. I think we're getting snow this weekend, though. Maybe tomorrow, actually. Uh, snow Basin did ha they have there's a letter 
uh, posted on Monday uh, addressing uphill policies at Snow Basin. So uh, it's from the, uh, the GM, Davey Ratchford, who we've had on the show a few times. If you haven't read it, it's worth reading, but it does go through that, uh, you know, we're happy to provide this. We're still trying to figure out what, how it's going to look in the future moving forward. But for now, it's it's still a thing. Um, be sure to, it's from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m., don't go before and don't go after, please, for the safety of uh, the mountain, yourself, everybody else. Um, they will, weather permitting on full moon nights, try and allow some up, uh, some evening uh, skinning up the mountain. So, uh, but there's not a daytime route at this time up up Snow Basin. Uh, four to nine, four a.m. to nine a.m. That is your time. You can go uphill and please go to the website, Snow Basin's website, because there's there's a route. It's uh, they've got a map that they want you to follow and. Uh, it's pretty much there's one there's like one work around there at the bottom rather than go up that steep hill there at the bottom you can kind of go around on the corner there but it it goes all the way up to needles so and it's a fun it's fun everyone should go do it but it's just stay within the rules please and then uh we we there's an update i mean i, I guess everybody probably knows this story but yeah this this guy died uh in an avalanche now he's 45 years old so he's old enough to know better his snowboarder Dr. Rope, outside the boundary of Park City Mountain Resort, there was uh, signs of avalanche, like another... Yeah, I think he uh, went through the 9990 gate. Yeah, I did. Yeah, which but is like a pretty substantial gate. you got to push it open. There's a lot of warnings and stuff. Really? Yeah. And there was uh, just one little hill over. There was an avalanche from like the, from the Friday, and this was, I think, on a Sunday. Yep. Uh, but there was tracks. Tra- don't let tracks fool you. Yeah, it's it, it, that area is really popular spot it's right outside of the ski area gate and it's in between this like little zone and on the park city ridgeline where it's full-on backcountry skiing but it leads down to a ski resort so sometimes people get a false sense of security when they push no beacon no partner yeah no backcountry stuff with them yeah that's tough they could they the the only reason he was found is because other backcountry skiers saw the slide and saw a snowboard sticking out and thought that's probably not good and went and checked it out or, or called rescue and they found him. Yeah. He, although it seemed from the pictures and stuff, I'm not just, I, I haven't read the actual, uh, forecasters, um, account of it yet, but it seemed like where people were skiing, he kind of tipped over into a steeper terrain underneath the cliff band, which is kind of like a classic start zone. And mm. this area sees, a decent amount of avalanche situations just because it is so popular and a lot of people are going in there but, people uh, have died there uh before yeah yeah it, it happens from time to time down there just because it is I th- well it's close to the area it's easy for someone to go in there not on accident but like i don't know it's tough because there's a really substantial gate that he had to go through to get to that spot uh, and it Chad- has a lot of warnings and yeah all stuff so utah avalanche centers chad Brackelsberg said it's challenging for our officials because the weather forecast appeared to accurate accurately convey the danger like it's high abby danger do not go but he didn't have avalanche stuff with him anyway so right. he, he was sounds like it was almost a suicide mission like i'm just gonna do it who cares yeah i don't know i mean he, from what i read he's a family man he's got like a wife and kids i yeah. think but uh it's just you know i guess for someone in the resort that maybe doesn't even know exactly what these signs are saying per se or uh it's one of those we call it human factor stuff or he doesn't we can't talk to him now so we don't really know exactly what he was thinking but you look over there and there's glorious powder and people are getting after it and maybe you don't 
know exactly. What I didn't all think this the danger means. sign really meant danger, kind of a thing. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's tough for me. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you didn't. It, uh, you know, it's a super sad situation. So, and with avalanche situations, I'm always like, I don't, you weren't there. You don't know exactly what was going on, but I mean, there's obviously signs in his situation. He didn't really know exactly what he was pushing through and didn't know the danger that existed where he was going per se. Cause I'm sure he wouldn't have made that choice if he, if he knew better, but that's a tough thing to start thinking about when a guy, you know, especially yeah. being as soft as I am on this situation yeah. right now with my buddy Ben. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tough deal. Uh of 1.5 million dollars been a 1.5 million dollar agreement to permanently keep a trail open down in Zion National Park. So this is part of the Trails Canyon and 16-mile stretch. There's like a mile or something that goes through a family farm and the farm was like going to shut it down like no, we don't want people coming through our family farm. Uh, well, then they got paid $1.5 million. They're like, eh, okay, you guys can go ahead and use our trail again. So that is the agreement has been reached through the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Forest Legacy Program and another m- number of federal and state agencies. So you can now do the full Zion Narrows Trail, um, which is cool. Everybody's happy. Like storage and everybody's happy. Uh, van life story. We do have a van life story. A van took a nosedive off a of Salt Lake City parking structure in between two buildings. Good luck getting this guy out. Um, I saw a picture. It was wedged between. <laughs> wedged between two buildings. Yeah. The tow truck officer is trying to figure out how to just pull it out sideways, upside down and sideways out of. From between. Not your traditional tow, though. No, not your traditional not your tra- traditional van life story. Uh, the incident happened about 1 p.m. on Wednesday. 35-year-old man, for some unknown reason, drove through a chain link fence and dropped off the second story of a parking structure into a narrow alleyway. Totally fine. Totally totally fine, but the van's, the van's upside down. Like, nose down. That's a story nose I can't down. wait to hear, and we'll yeah. be able to hear about, because he's okay. Or she's okay. I don't, I don't remember who it was that was driving. There's a new company moving to Utah, and I they got this press release, and it doesn't show... It's from the Utah Governor's Office of Economic Development, and it doesn't say where in Utah they're moving to. Jack Wolfskin. 50 new jobs within five years. The outdoor brand apparel company Jeff Wol- Jack Wolfskin is moving their headquarters to uh, to North America right here in Utah, creating 50 new jobs. So very good for Utah. That's cool. What do they yeah. make? Uh, outdoor apparel and equipment brand founded in Frankfurt, Germany in 1981. But yeah, uh, products include high-end mountain and leisure clothing, footwear, backpacks, sleeping bags, tents that range across multiple outdoor activities. Um, Callaway Golf acquired the brand back in 2018. So, uh, seven tax revenue, seven hundred three thousand dollars to the state, over twelve million dollars to the state uh, in wages, coming soon from Jack Wolfskin. Well, that's cool. That's good news. Uh, some Yellowstone pups were determined they were hit and killed. Um, wolf pups, Yellowstone wolf pups, by by a car. Watch your speed, Yellowstone. Yeah. Was it just the pups or was it the... I thought there was an adult too. Two wolves from the Junction Butte pack were fatally hit around sunset on a road between Tower Junction and Northeast. This this happened back in, I think, the fall or summer or something. They just just finally released uh, some information on it. And and necropsy confirmed the black male and female pups died from from a vehicle strike. Yellowstone law enforcement officers are investigating the incident still. Um... Yeah, bummer, man. Yeah, that's really sucks. That's super sad. Like they've got enough 
problems to deal with out there, let alone let alone the cars. Uh, and then there's a, this is interesting. If your canyoneer or canyoneering uh, appeals to you, there is a pilot canyoneering permit system happening in Capitol Reef National Park. So, according to the National Park Service, Capitol Reef National Park will begin a pilot mandatory canyoneering permitting system uh, beginning January 1, 2020. Permits will be free. They just and they require self-regulation. They just want to know who's going in, who's coming out, so you can track people. Um, these permits will be required for all canyoneering and climbing activities within the park. Capitol Reef National Park staff have observed a substantial increase in canyoneering and rock climbing activities uh, within the last 10 years. The pilot permit system will allow managers to track use and determine levels and locations of activity. Regulations are listed on the permit uh, and on the park website. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about heading down to Capitol Reef to do some climbing or canyoneering. It's now by permit. Uh, very important. Also, has the deadliest sport in the world become safer? What is the deadliest sport? Todd, any guesses? Lawn darts. Lawn darts. <laughs> wow. Like easy. Yeah. Extreme uh, cornhole. Like extreme, extreme cornhole. Yeah. Huh? It's super dangerous. Really close. JT, guesses? Come on, it's a wingsuit. Wingsuit. Yeah, it's wingsuit. A wingsuit base jumping turns. That was going to be my third guess. <laughs> Lawn darts. Wingsuit. Uh, some pilots are rethinking the risk. This is uh, up here at nationalgeographic.com. There's a nice article on it. You can read it. It's probably should be. In, I mean, it's really long, but um, yeah, it's it just goes into the the training to save life. It's becoming safer. It's becoming safer, but that doesn't. But but human error is still human error. So yeah, the I equipment mean, is better. The thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just a margin for error. You're still thing jumping too, right? off. All right. <laughs> A cliff falling out of the sky. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of margins. <laughs> okay, so you got some banyan bucks sitting in your back pocket, maybe some guide money sitting around. You want to buy, invest in something worth investing. Uh, Mammut is for sale. Mammut development opportunities uh, anticipated with a potential sale, according to S News. Mammut Swiss 1862. The sports group uh, has been part of the Swiss holding company Conzetta AG since 1982. Recently announced that Conzetta would be pivoting its focus to one specific brand in the portfolio and selling its other brands, including Mammut. I'm not sure what the asking price is, although I'm sure it is large. Yeah, I would assume. That's a I would assume big so. brand. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, a big, big brand. <laughs> and a really big uh, Woolly Mammoth logo, <laughs> which is really cool, actually. Uh, we brought Mammut into uh, Gear 30, and it just did okay. It didn't really do as good as we thought. It didn't do as good as the apparel is because it's really good apparel, but it yeah, didn't make it. It, sold, it just sold. Okay. Something worth listening to. And uh, we don't have time to listen to it now. That's why we tell you, go check this podcast out after listening it's to us. It's on you. It's on us you. Is on you. The Backpacker Out Alive podcast. Um, injured on an ice ledge. Trapped in quicksand. The Science of Survival. Disaster on Mount Rainier, part one and two. Alone with a compound fracture. Bit by a rattlesnake. Balled by a grizzly bear. Nothing but good times on the Backcountry Out Alive podcast. If you want to hear these stories, I think it sounds fantastic. Um, and there's 11 episodes so far. I've got it queued up to play for me. Found it this morning. I am excited to listen to it. So that is something worth listening to. That sounds like a good Valentine episode is you and your compound fracture. <laughs> yeah. You and your compound fracture. All right. Uh, worth watching a uh, film by Mystery Ranch, The Process. Where the mind and the body work so closely together. It was this passion that 
I needed in my life in order to feel balanced in all other aspects of my life. I like challenging things in life. Climbing is a challenging activity. It definitely takes a different personality. For me, I think it mostly has to do with uh, sort of seeking the unknown and going out and looking for your own, your own tracks into the mountains. It's a short film, about nine minutes long, uh, from production from Mystery Ranch, um, Fuji Film. Still crazy production from Mystery Ranch. Parallel Passions. Uh, it's called The Process. Also, their full movie, all 26 minutes of Evolution of Dreams. Um, what happens when the passion of your dreams fades? Do you stop or do you just search for what's missing and uncover new dreams and goals? Ava and Jackie's journeys have taken them from the regu regulated ski courses to big mountain skiing, which allowed them more freedom throughout the last journey. They discovered another aspect of skiing and ski mountaineering in this new discipline. And so this film covers that 26 minutes. Um, lots of big sponsors. Polar Tech being one of them. ABS being another. Um, yeah. I think it's all it's uh, all female. Is that right? Yeah. All female ski film. Worth watching. I always love it when some of these films are like, say, 24 minutes and the trailer's like 19 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the trailer's like, the, the trailer's five. And he goes like, okay, watch the full film. And the full film's like 12. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. That was. Give, uh, me, give you a tease. Yeah. A tease I don't have the trailer on this one, but the full film is 2610 Evolution of Dreams. Uh, very cool. Okay. Um, what else we got going on here? Oh, I do have something worth reading. How about starting climbing when you're in your 60s? What's that like? <laughs> JT's know. shaking his head. <laughs> no, I don't know. What is it like to start climbing in your 60s? Outdoor research. On a typical weekday, if you were to show up alone at the climbing gym in Des Moines, Iowa, and start up a couple of uh, auto belay routes, odds are you might get an offer f f to a, a belay 74-year-old climber named Kitty. Kitty... Pokrzynski, who lives up the road in Ankeny, Iowa, is quick to include new climbers and offer beta. She's picked up during her uh, three to four days a week there at the gym. 74 years old. That's climbs awesome. three to four days at the gym. Started in her 60s. Uh, there's awesome. an article at OutdoorResearch.com that goes into, hey, man, you can start at any time. We've got a gym here in town. Go Listen, pick it's up a no membership. surprise if you know Kitty, honestly, if you know Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> You, you and Kitty go like way Kitty. back, huh? Yeah. yeah. No oh, that's so spirit. funny. Yes. Adventure spirit. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, for the Gear 30 segments, um, go to gear30.com. Use promo code OOA at checkout and save 12% on your purchase. There's deals right now. Um, you can save up to 15% on insulated gear. There's all kinds of like shipping deals right now because it's like three days. You need three-day shipping or faster before Christmas. Get it done. Go to gear30.com. So hot. So hot right now. Thule launched a new, JT, you need this, luxury cargo carrier. It's called the Vector Roof Box. So what it has, it looks like a normal carrier kind of from the outside, but it's streamlined. It's low profile because it's just for you skiers out there. Um, it's a sauna, isn't it? It's kind of a sauna. but <laughs> just You lay down on the top. You, you carry your kids you close to the top. Yeah, that's <laughs> Rooftop uh, sauna. When that can happen? Sauna. <laughs> rooftop hot tub is what I want. <laughs> Let me make that happen. Where do, where do we get the water for that? Um, it is okay. Why is it luxury? Well, it comes with like a what's it called? Is it, it the velvet lining? Yes. 
man. No, dead serious. Like, okay. but it's not velvet, but it's it's like felt, but it's etched out. So your skis have like a place to go. Um, you know, and then they sit in there. Would nice. you like your skis more than your kids? That's the one. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like there's little spots for them, you know, and it's quiet. So they're not rattling around. And it's like a specific places for your skis. The only problem was, I think it said on here uh, that the if you're like a if you ski like the giant, giant skis, like me. What was it? The like the almost like the ski jumping type ski, like a huge ski. Like <laughs> yeah. those aren't going to fit. Right? right. It's more for your alpine yeah, or the big uh, super G type skis. Those are not fitting. But you're yeah. a recreational ski. Yeah. But if you want to look really fancy next time you go to the mountain with your friends and you pop open your Thule and you've got your skis placed in there nice and neat and in felt. And they're ski, ski koozies. <laughs> <laughs> Tuli has an answer for you. Yeah, yeah. I have a Tuli check box. it out. I do too. I love. I bought the XXXL for all yeah. the family. If and I still stuffed it. I'm like crunching it down from the top. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's like if you've got the room, you're gonna make it. You're gonna fill. It you're up. gonna fill it up. Yeah. All right. This week's quote of the week. I think that's all I had. Todd, did you have anything? Nope. Oh wait, finalists for the. Second annual Outdoor Retailer Innovation Awards uh, includes brands like Mammut, um, Nemo, Polartec, Primaloft, Reco, Solomon, uh, Thermarest, Yakima, uh, and some you may not have heard of like Dahoo, Archer Components, Appalachian Gear Company, Ghosts Apparel Studio. So these are all up for the Innovation Awards and we will see who wins later on. Uh, oh, I do have one comment. Yeah. Uh, so... If anybody's listening and uh, knows about our Van Sessions uh, podcast and, and, and live music series that we do every first Friday during the art stroll, yeah, I will be putting a notification to start lining up for spring, summer, so March nice. through August. Uh, so if you're any musicians that are listening or you know of musicians that have not been in the van or have not been in the van in a very, very long time, have them reach out to Todd at the banyan collective.com so. banyan spelled two a's banyan banyan yeah and so i'll be putting a notification for that but we uh we do have a couple of really good musicians for january 6th is it january 6th third third right. is the first friday yep so we have mothers of mayhem and we have branson anderson is back after this sort of national tour that he's been on dude branson crushes and so i yeah. absolutely cannot wait for that night it should be really good so just thought I'd put the word out. Yep. Todd at the BanyanCollective.com. Yep. Quote of the week. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? Dr. Seuss, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Thank you to Banyan One for powering today's 346th episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes. You should probably subscribe to us on uh, Spotify and or iTunes and leave us a review because that always helps um, for everybody else trying to find us. Also, uh, look for us on Twitter at Ogden Adventure at Banyan Podcast. Uh, I think this is it for the end of the year. We good? We good? Yeah, next week is yeah. uh, next week we're okay. for sure, yeah. uh, So this week's, I mean, we had to sift through hours and hours of, of crappy Christmas music for Did you find a Christmas song? And I found a Christmas song we can all enjoy together uh, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Anymore Christmas from the Ramones. I'll get you. John Muir would say, the mountains are calling and we must go. Let's go. Let's go.